Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. How are you? Today, I've got Michelle Cerna from TEDx Salinas with us. Michelle, how are you? I'm great. How are you? And you're, I'm great. You're in San Francisco now, but you, you run the event, uh, which is what, two and a half hours south? It's actually, it's about an hour and a half, uh, depending on how fast you drive. Um, mm. You know, we're right up the 101 or the 85, so. Yeah, so we have, we have listeners all over the world. So I want them to have a kind of a mental picture of Salinas. Tell tell people, give us a, two sentences about Salinas. So Salinas is a smaller town. It's about 100,000 people. But we grow um, a lot of the world's food. Um, wow. Tons of agriculture around us. We grow 30% of the world's lettuce, which is a huge number. We're only about six miles from the beach um, beautiful, small downtown, rolling hills surrounding us. You can look up in the morning and see snow on the mountaintops. Really? Just a very quaint little town, um, little city right in the heart of the Salinas Valley. Um, you know, we're very close to the Silicon Valley. Right. We're very close to Monterey and Carmel. Uh, and we're not very far from, you know, Gonzales, King City, all of the beautiful areas down south. So we're very central. And and how long have you been doing TEDx there? So this was our first year running TEDx Salinas. We just had our first event in February and we're planning for 2018 already. Um, what, yeah, it was what my got first you, time What got you involved? Who should so we blame? So I started, who sh- we should blame Nikki Ernst. <laughs> who I think everybody knows big in shout TEDx. Out. Yep. Yeah. Big shout out. Um, I was 16 years old and I emailed Nikki at around midnight and I said, this is my story. I was a beauty queen. I have since started to write about our societal obsession with image and I want to talk about it. And he emailed me back about five minutes later and he goes, you should post this on a storyboard somewhere. Oh. And then he emailed me back about another five minutes later and said, you know what? I like your story. Let's talk about it. And oh. so I went in 2015 and I spoke at TEDx San Francisco. And that was my first TEDx experience. I had watched TED Talks all throughout, you know, grammar school and, and in high school. My school used them a lot uh, in every single class. started classroom. in grammar school. Yeah, I watched, so Ted started, you know, the Sir Ken Robinson, the most famous talk of all time. Yep. He gave that talk in Monterey. That's right. I was there. And it is a huge staple. And so as soon as that went online, they started using Ted Talks in all of the classrooms in the schools around Monterey and Monterey County. They wanted to push those out here to the, to the kids. 
And so I started watching TED Talks in maybe fifth grade. It oh would have been. Oh my gosh. I'm not very old. <laughs> we can't. Well, you know, you you producing a TEDx that that puts some years on you. Get some stripes for doing that. So yeah, it's so, just a couple of years. So few gray so, hairs. so that's so then. Okay, so you spoke in 2015, but then what gave you the bug to go ahead and do? I mean, it's not an insignificant amount of work. It is not an insignificant <laughs> amount of work. <laughs> I so I kind of continued on this TEDx uh, story pretty much, and I attended uh, many more TEDx events. I then spoke in 2016, the day after my high school graduation, at TEDx Donienzel in Vienna, Austria. What? What? How yes. do you spell that? D O N A U I N S E L. Oh my gosh. You got invited from because someone saw your 2015 yes. talk and said, Would you come? And they flew you out there and you tell me about it. I want to hear about that. What was that like? So this was, it was an incredible, incredible experience. I, I met our organizer at TEDx San Francisco. I just happened to sit next to him. My huh. life is very much so a, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. I love it. Uh, I sat next to him and I made friends with him. And he had said then, I would love to have you speak at one of my conferences. And so I kept that in my head and I thought, mm. yep, I'm, gonna, I'm going to speak there. And so I kept kind of bugging him and bugging him and bugging him. And then finally it was three weeks before the conference and he goes, where are you going to be on June 10th, I believe? And I said, uh, well, June 9th, I have to graduate from high school. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be in California. And he said, well, let's, I want you to speak at TEDx Donienzel. And I said, okay. And I booked my flight. Oh my I gosh. spoke at my high school graduation. I walked off the stage, asked for my diploma early drove to San Francisco airport and got on an airplane by and yourself I the next day. Yes. And I landed the next day in Austria. I spoke and then I spent another month and a half in, in Europe, just kind of moseying around and going to other TEDx events. As one does. How many did As you go to? Uh, so in Europe, I believe I went to two other events. I went to an event in Greece Wow. And an event in, ooh, London. Now, when a uh, question, when you were in Greece, the event was in Greek. How did you do with that? I was, so actually the talks were given in English. Oh. Yes, huh. it was a huh. university event and it was another happened to be in the right place at the right time. I, I was walking at about 1130 o'clock at night. <laughs> with some friends that I had made and they ran into another friend and that friend happened to be organizing a TEDx conference. Of course they were. And Listen, everybody, this is how it happens. We, you know, we have listeners who are organizers and are fans of TEDx and are considering doing a TEDx. And this is how it happens. You may be listening to this show right now and go, you know what? I'm going to do what Michelle did. I'm going to go start a TEDx in my town. I'm, I'm loving this backstory. What, what is it about TEDx Salinas that makes it unique? So TEDx Salinas is very unique in the fact that we are an agriculturally focused conference. Oh. 
I live in the city now, and I am a very cosmopolitan young girl, but I grew up in the agricultural world. I grew up very rural. My parents own a livestock supply company. I grew Mm. up on the back of a horse, and all of my friends and family are farmers, and I love I love agriculture. I love farmers and ranchers, and I truly, truly believe in their way of life. Yep. And I really recognize that in Salinas, here we are doing all of this wonderful work, and the rest of the world is not able to take notice of it all because there's no platform for agricultural people to give talks on the work that they are doing. Wow. Give me an example of, of uh, a couple of the talks. What I'll do, I'll put a link to your talks and your site on in the show notes so people can find it. But give me, give me a couple of examples that would maybe surprise us. So our best example this year was a speaker who is a, a really dear friend of mine, Ravi Kirani. He is a Forbes 30 under 30 and uh-huh. the CEO of a company called Sutro. And what they're building is a machine that can help identify problems in water before they affect anybody. So you're able to get straight to the source of a problem before it's become a huge issue. Wow. This yeah, is like what like what kind of I mean, like a, a contamination or bacteria or yes. things like that. Yeah. Right, because so we know it. that happens, right? Where, where right. a whole like all the spinach is contaminated because of a exactly. farm three you know, upstream three miles and, oh, wow. Precisely. So this this piece of machinery actually can be used in swimming pools. It can be used in wells in rural communities in India, or it can be used by farmers. And it can detect these issues in water before they affect everybody and possibly, you know, cause millions of dollars in loss or cause a death or make people very sick. Um, and so that was, you know, that was my favorite talk because he's now, providing a solution. The, your event was just in February, but I'm wondering what is the view count like on that show so far? So our videos will be actually beginning to be released in three days from now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we've had. And we're recording this turnaround. now in March, uh, a few weeks before the official launch of the show. So by the time the show comes up, the the videos will be there. Great. Yeah, the videos will be up, and we had a sold out event. Um, How many people? For my first. So we had our sold out 100. Yep. Um, yep. And then we also invited an extra 120 students from the school that we had co, um, kind of partnered with in uh, their, all of their students were our volunteers. So this was an all youth run TEDx event. I was 18 when I acquired the license and all of my co-organizers aside from my production team were juniors and seniors in high school. But you didn't call it TEDx Salinas Youth. Why not? I did not because I believe that youth should be viewed as equals. Okay. I don't necessarily always want to outline the fact that we're kids and therefore that's why what we're doing is incredible. I want people Ah. to say they are people and therefore what they are doing is incredible. So you're not an ageist. I am not an ageist. No. (laughs) I, uh, I've, I, I love that about you. Um, I've worked with, um, youth uh, for many, many, many years. And I remember someone telling me I had a computer animation company, which is what got me into Ted 25 years ago. But 
he said, Mark, because we had at-risk kids learning computer animation in my shop after school. He said, Mark, their minds are as buff as their bodies. Do not treat them as kids. And that was great advice then, great advice now. What one of the things I love and I love about the show is getting to meet, you know, fascinating people, right? Just imagine, right? The crossroads of all of us. Oh, it's uh, incredible. It's so cool. Um, I think that it takes superpowers to pull off a TEDx, whether it's yes. <laughs> in organizing, collaborating, producing, marketing, curating, partnering. What would you say your superpower is? My superpower? Um you know, I think that I am very assertive. I, I so always an organizer, organizing yeah. and getting stuff done. Yeah, I I love big projects. Uh -huh. My parents have always said that I actually love being stressed out. <laughs> what do you uh, think? Do you love being stressed out, or you just love doing big projects? I think that it is. For some reason that I do not understand, my natural instinct to want to have my hands in every single bucket around me. Okay. okay. It's just what I love to do. But I think taking on this TEDx event wasn't a I want to get involved for my own personal benefit. Mm -hmm. TEDx Salinas for me is much more personal than any event that I've ever taken part in. Why is that? Because it's, it's where I'm from. Ah, uh, right. It is people's livelihoods on the line right. when we don't recognize agriculture we don't recognize that there's people out there who they lean on agriculture to pay for their daughter's ballet lessons they lean on agriculture mm -hmm. to keep a roof over their heads sure. it's everything that they are it's everything that they have and if i can play a part in putting together a network of people and a platform for them to share their ideas, then why wouldn't I do that? Why not indeed? Why right? not? Right? Everything agriculture has given me, why wouldn't I make the best attempt to keep it alive? What, and, and how old did you say? You're 18? I'm 19 now. You're 19? So you've got, what, 100 more TEDx's in you? About, yeah, <laughs> about, I think... I, think, I, I love that. Well, I you know, I mean, you, you've, you've not been on the planet that long, so um, you're not jaded yet. And so I'm curious, what was the biggest surprise, you know, because you'd been involved, you'd had a taste of Ted because you'd been, you know, on the stage and endured that stress, which is, you know, yeah. phenomenal. And then you go and run one. What was the biggest surprise for you? So... Oh, there were there were many of surprises that came along <laughs> down the line. I think the biggest surprise was how many people are incredibly interested in TED and what it can provide, but they aren't exactly always sure of what the original message of TED was. I, I I do I love the TEDx brand and I've met so many wonderful and incredible people, but I also do fear sometimes that people on the outside who haven't worked in organizing a TEDx, right. they don't understand that this isn't a platform to build somebody's personal brand. Right. It's a platform to spread ideas. Yep. It is not I 
it is we. It is, this is my global community. I have an idea that I believe you should all listen to. I think that as speakers, we are catalysts for change. We are not standing on the stage for our own personal benefit. We're standing on the stage for the benefit of the millions of people that we could possibly impact by sharing our idea. I, I wanna, let's stay on that for just a second. Um, when you did your call for participation, did you find that there was a group of a class of speakers where it was pretty obvious that it was all about them and not about the idea? Yes. And how did, what, how did, what did your nose tell you? How did you, let's, you know, let's give a, I actually want to use this as some advice for first timers. How do you, cause you're young, right? And, and people, yeah. they're so excited about their idea. Oh, Mark, I'm going to do, I mean, I'm, I, we're mm -hmm. getting ready to launch our call in, in May and, oh, I got and you could tell um, either their agent has repped them or they have a book to, exactly. you know, or what. So how did you, what was the smell test for you? So I, I aim for authenticity at all times, mm. and I, I am not afraid of thoroughly researching a person. And as a millennial who loves social media, I am a huge mm. social media stalker. And I am not afraid <laughs> to get on social media. And you can, you can see authenticity in the way that people portray themselves online. If somebody sends me a talk outline or a a idea yeah. and they start off by reading a resume I can already sense that this is a opportunity for them to build their resume mm -hmm. hey look what I have done hey look at me look at me look at me but if somebody comes to me with a story and they don't refer to I in the first two minutes that they're speaking to me I can already tell that there's a passion there mm. Mm. I such, can wise, such wise words from you. Goodness. No, you know, I've just, <laughs> my, my 19 years here on this earth have taught me much. <laughs> how many people um, applied for, how many spots did you have in your show? So I had 15 spots. And in how my many show. applied? 94. And how many did you go and solicit because you knew they needed to be on the stage? Who I solicited one. Okay. And did that person say yes? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> because a lot of people do it. I, what I'm learning in the show is that there's a lot of different approaches to it. I mean, a ton of different approaches and yeah. that when they submit that, what I am hearing is that the overall quality is, is not real good and that you've got right. to do a lot of work. So did you have to do a lot of speaker? I mean, you're a speaker. So were you the speaker coach? Yes. Okay. I did hours of <laughs> speaker coaching. Um, I ran rehearsals about four times before our day before rehearsal. Right. I had very strict deadlines with outlines. I would then review the outlines. I would then send the outlines to fellow colleagues of mine, mm. bring it back. Um, I I love speaker coaching. That's actually what I'm doing now to pay my college tuition. Oh, great. Is speaking, uh, 
uh, coaching speakers and writing speeches for people. I love it. Uh, outside of the TED brand and the TEDx brand. Uh, and it's it's a it's huge joy for me. I, I, I love reading and I love learning new ideas. And so I I chose to not approach people because I wanted to see how many people were interested in our event. Uh, upon this uh, new year, I will be approaching people right. uh, who I have in mind that I want to speak at my event. A few of my speakers were actually fellow colleagues that once they found out I was doing the event, approached me. Right. And so I kind of used our friendship to determine, you know, yeah, I think that this person can give a great talk. One of my speakers I invited to speak at my event three hours before she went on stage. What? Okay. And it was okay. the what? most phenomenal what? talk of all time. What Now, okay, because this is, this is breaking all the rules. It, I broke every rule. Oh, my gosh. So tell me about it. So the, her name is Shrina Kirani, and she is the sister to Ravi. I met Shrina the night before at 11.30 in my pajamas <laughs> while rehearsing with Ravi. And I jokingly said, let's get you on the TEDx stage. Just kidding, right? Oh, I wake no. up at 6 a.m. the next morning. One of my speakers calls me and says, I'm sorry, but I cannot speak at your event. Oh, no. On the and day I went, of. On the day of. And I went, I have 15 minutes of unaccounted for time that I need to put in my schedule. And I called Trina. I said, can you be ready to speak in about three hours? <laughs> she said, what about? I was like, I trust that you have a good idea somewhere in your brain. And you just Let's let the universe the do stage. its work. And I let the universe do its work. And she did an incredibly wonderful oh job goodness. presenting the work that she has done in sustainability and how what we eat while sitting at our dinner tables here in California can ultimately affect people around the world. I love that. That that takes some uh, some uh, chutzpah or courage. Let's say courage. Right, courage. 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 That 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 took courage. One of the things I uh, my listener knows I love. I have a particular fondness for the drama in the story. Like where, you know, what was the drama? And I liked. Uh, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, so I like it to be a dragon. What? Where was the dragon in TEDx Salinas? Our dragon was that we had our AV sponsor pull out from sponsoring our video production two weeks before our event. Oh, gosh. I, if I am going to do something, I am going to do it right. And yep. I, therefore, follow the full specs of the TED video and audio visual yep. right. production, right. which is something that I think that a lot of events are beginning to let go. Uh -huh. Um Let's not throw I've anybody noticed. under the bus, but I, I, uh, right. I, I think that uh, one, because I, I coach, I'm an executive coach for first time organizers mm -hmm. and help them in specifically in that one area to remember that it is, we're building a television studio for one day with 15 episodes of our TEDx. Exactly. And everything you need from stage manager to good mics, to good lighting, to all of the, if you just imagine, what would they do on the Jimmy Kimmel show? They would do exactly. boom, boom, boom. Okay. 
Got it. And that comes with a price tag. Yeah, it does. And so that was definitely our dragon. Two weeks. And how did you slay that dragon? I, who I called every person in the neighborhood that I knew, and I begged and I pleaded, and I said, if you can help us sponsor this event, then we can continue next year. Let's form a partnership. And by the grace of God, 12 hours before our event, I had a massive sponsor pull through. Bruce Taylor from the very famous Taylor Farms. They are a massive multi-billion dollar uh, farming company. Gave me a call on my cell phone and said, I like you, kid. I am going to pull through. (laughs) And so now, because I'm I'm a producer, so I'm going to think about the specifics of that. So now you have the funding. How did you pull together a crew in that short amount of time? So our crew, thankfully, that we had had, um, you know, in the weeks before, right? they had decided to stick with us. Oh, so the crew, so it wasn't that the AV company no, went out, it, it was, was the money that was going to pay the AV. Mm-hmm. So the, the AV was, was there and you AV. just had to backfill the funding. Yes. Got it. Oh, gosh. It was. That, that's right. What a great story. I. You are courageous. And you know, there's my new t-shirt. I like you, kid. I love that. What, what I did... feel like I get that a lot. I like you, kid. <laughs> uh, the, my viewer can't see. I'm looking at you right now. You you are very, very likable. And that comes across. Someone said, uh, they said, the reason they liked me is I had a smile in my voice. And I think you have a smile in your voice as well. What, what advice would you give to, because I know we've got, People who are doing this the first time or they're running a youth event or they're, you know, they're working with a bunch of other young people, people have just not done this. You know, they've not produced yeah. an event. What, what's that single piece of advice you would give them? The best piece of advice that I can give them is time management. Oh, okay. Think of when you will need to start, you know, forming a new process for the event and then do it three weeks earlier. <laughs> Yep. Like All that. of a sudden, you're planning a TEDx event. You just got the license. You're so excited for this event that's going to happen in a year. And then you're two weeks before, and things are still loose ends everywhere. And yes. you're going, hmm, I wish I would have thought about this six months ago. Yes. Um, and I do, I think, have fun with it. I, I like to have fun. Yep. That's my favorite thing. I think that... Why live a life if you're not enjoying it and if you're not doing something of worthy cause with it? And so I just tried to make it the best, most fun process that I have. And remember that these people that you're getting to know, you're not just getting to know them for a one-day event. You're getting to know them for the rest of your life. Yep, that's right. These can form best friends. My best friends in the world I have met through TEDx. The people who inspire me the most I've met through TEDx. I love that. I, I started going well 25 years ago and I would, my whole business is a result of Ted, Ted. Uh, my wife is a result of a Ted conversation. Uh, my business is a result of Ted. My newest business is a result of TEDx and we've, you know, everything is kind of wrapped around it. And who yeah. doesn't want to be around these kinds of people, right? It's the greatest feeling. You know, I think, I really do think I am, you know, a great, 
example of what TEDx can do because mm, mm. I walked on the stage when I was 16 years old and, and nobody knew who I was and I didn't have a problem with that. But I wasn't, I didn't walk up there with the 10 books and I've been on this and I've done that. Right. I was just a kid with an idea. And TEDx gave me a voice and it gave me a platform to share an idea that without it, it might have just gotten lost in the rest of the noise. And I, I want to get, um, please send me a link to that talk and I want to yeah. put it in the show notes so people can be sure to watch that. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, we're all going to love that. What, what are you looking forward to the most uh, for your 2018 show? So for my 2018 show, we are going big, uh, oh. 24 speakers, 1,200 attendees, wow. massive venue. And I am really looking forward to having – the theme is from Silicon to Salinas, connecting two great valleys. Oh, I love that. And we are focusing on connecting agriculture to technology. Yep. Um, it's partly inspired by the thesis paper that I'm currently working on, which is looking at how our social behaviors have created the political divide between urban and rural communities. And so I'm incredibly excited to kind of fill my brain with all of those ideas because it's something that I'm very interested in. But I'm also very excited to bring people from the Silicon Valley down to Salinas and say, you know, hey, Silicon Valley, we know that you're creating great technology. You are very important, but this is the place that's creating our world's food. Wow. And they are just as important as you are. Wow. And and what what a great voice you have become for that ag community there. I mean, I've driven through, you know, my entire life. I'm Southern Californian, so I've driven, you know, and I love that. Uh, I love the smell. Uh, up there, right. you know, I just, I love the smell. I'm, um, if, if I were to give you a plane ticket right now to anywhere in the world to go see a TEDx, where would you go? Anywhere in the world. Anywhere. I have always wanted to go to TEDx Mid-Atlantic. TEDx Mid-Atlantic. Well, if the... Mid-Atlantic folks are listening. You can, uh, we'll put a, a address where <laughs> someone can send you a ticket because you yes. would be pretty awesome uh, <laughs> as a guest. Uh, one of the things I love and the reason I ask this question is because there's many of us uh, organizers who like to go visit other TEDx's and because we're an organizer, we kind of automatically get a backstage pass. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, we, you know, we'll blow in the day before we'll sit in rehearsal. We'll just be an extra pair of hands or we'll stay out of the way, whatever it is. And yep. I was talking to uh, Katie from TEDx Montreal and she likes to take a crew with her. So she'll take people. So to see how other people are doing it and get, you know, it's some a of that. great learning experience. I know for me, I'm incredibly fortunate that I've kind of been taken under the wing of Sam DeBrower, who runs TEDx San Francisco. Mm. She was kind enough to let me join their organizing team last year. And so oh, I nice. helped run social media. And this year, I'm also head of social media for their October event. And I think that TEDx San Francisco is exemplary in what a phenomenal TEDx event can be. Um, Sam is an incredibly knowledgeable woman when it comes to TEDx. Um, she's incredibly kind 
and she has such a passion for the community. And I feel really, really fortunate as a young person to be able to kind of sit in the background and also get hands on with events that, sure. you know, many people might not have the chance to infiltrate. Uh, and I think, you know, that's been just an incredible learning opportunity for me to watch how Sam works and see, you know, how can I be the best organizer that I can be? Mm. Because mm. I don't want to use my age as a um, excuse for not doing the best that I can do. I want to be right up there with the people who have been organizing TEDx events for eight years. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you're up there right now. So um, you're, you just, I mean, this interview just knocked it out of the park. Um, I'm extreme. I mean, you were, by the way, just let the listener know, um, I was able to book the first 25 episodes of the show with, with two posts on Facebook. And you were one of the people who said, and you just told me this great story about your event. And, you know, so you're, again, you're living on social media, you're a millennial, you're young and taking advantage of those things. And I'd like to finish, but, oh, by the way, please introduce us to Sam and tell her about your experience on the show and tell her we'd love to have her on the show. Uh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, but I want to end with, um, your best hack and the show's called hacking the red circle. And, you know, we've got to create these, you know, these epic events where we, we want to make it as good as we can. And, you know, we don't have a lot of money. Come on, be honest. Right? Where we try to do it for, for nothing. And we make it look yeah. like something. What's your, mm -hmm. what's the best hack you want to tell the world? Ooh, in the ways of saving money. Whatever or just that means to you, whatever that means to you, it's going to be a, the yes. best hack that you can do is to always step into a conference and step into a room with people that you want to help pay for your conference with the most positive energy and the biggest amount of confidence that you can even imagine. And if they can ask you if you can deliver something and you're not 100% of whether or not you can, always say, yes, I can, and then make it happen. Stick to your word. I love that. That's my hashtag right there. Always say, yes, I can, and stick to your word. And if you don't know how to do it, figure it out. Yep. Make it up. I think I made it. I, you know, my parents always, people always ask me, how do you find, you know, how do you have this knowledge? Like, where did you learn these things? I have stepped into so many situations, not having a single clue of what to do. And then I just try to make it up along the way and doggy paddle my way out. Michelle, I love you. You're awesome. I love your energy. Um, we we can't wait for your videos to get posted. We can see all of the things that you did. I'll post um, pictures from your event that you've got. Uh, everybody, um, you want to go hang out with people like this, like Michelle and, and her posse. Michelle, thanks so much for being on the show with us. Thank you. It was just, this was a treat for all of us. Trust me. <laughs> I try. Thanks for listening to Hacking the Red Circle. Have an idea for a guest for the show? Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? Just drop me a note in an email to mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. 
makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.